Hello there, Cameron. Welcome back. Hey, what's up? You've been missing for a while. That's not true. You've just been on. missing for that one episode. Yeah. But you were live on the, on the Patreon. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. It's okay. Bob did well. That's you know, good. You know what's funny is I invited him on the show and he was like, what are we talking about today? And I was like, I have no idea. Let's just talk about what's going on with you. <laughs> so I apologize if that was a little messy, but I think he did great. We ended up talking about cybersecurity, which is cool. Oh, interesting. Uh, so if you're interested in that conversation, we start off talking about kind of a simple idea of having a first job, but Bob's working in IT, and so we kind of get into some interesting stuff about cybersecurity, if you are interested in that. Nevertheless, Cameron, what's new? What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Same old, same old. Why does it stink in this room? Uh, I don't know. What are you talking about? It smells. It smells like homelessness. It smells like oh. Tim Smith. <laughs> what's up, motherfucker? It's oh. me. <laughs> you can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> This is a family show, Tim. Yeah, exactly. you can't say that stuff. Oh my gosh. This is not working blue yet. I can work blue if you want. Let, let's just say this. Hello, I'm guys. offended and my, my my ears are turning red. Oh, you're is blushing. It, is that all. because of the beer or is it because of the headphones? I don't know. Let me huh. say, the commute up here with Tim and I, I mean, first of all, Tim just drove me to the wall. I was Close. going insane sitting in traffic. <laughs> he just... So obnoxious the entire way up. Oh, come uh, on. I'm just no. kidding. No, he's great. Company. I feel like you're so mean to Tim. I am. You know? That's, it's the best part. It's a love-hate right? relationship. He loves to hate me. Mm. Okay, so anyways, we sat in traffic for forever, and as we got up here to the city, Cameron, you were just getting off work, so you know your commute's like 45 minutes. Welcome to San Francisco. And Tim was like, I was super hungry. Tim was super hungry. We ended up going to this bar called, what was it called? Seven Stills and Hard Something. Seven Stills. It's a brewery. So there's a bar and food. In the distillery. Let me just tell you, quesadillas and beer, that's hitting the spot on a Thursday night. Mm, mm-hmm. I bet it is. Yeah, it's really good. So I apologize if we all are slurring. I think we've had long oh, weeks. Oh, And uh, Well, I only had one. But Tim, what are you drinking right now? Drinking. What am I drinking? Uh, Evan all right. Williams. Well, that explains enough anyways. Evan Williams 100 Proof? Sure. Sounds good. I don't know what that is. I don't drink alcohol. I'm having some water. Sorry. Someone's got to carry this show because this is Everything Comes From Something. Episode 72, ladies and gentlemen. 72? My oh name my is Isaac God. Ransom. Damn. And this is where you say... Well, I'm Cameron Tuttle. Thank you, Cameron. We and are I'm, so old. And I'm Tim Smith, your friendly neighborhood homeless man. Well, I mean, I guess the alcohol is fitting then. <laughs> <laughs> Today we were talking about Star Wars in honor of the new Star Wars Episode Nine coming out later this December. The Rise of Skywalker, babies. We can get right into it, but before we do, we just wanted to say if you enjoy the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ecfspodcast, throw a couple bucks our way, get your questions read on the show, or also you can, what what else can you do with Patreon? I forget. Questions. Well, you can get questions. We have an exclusive episode every That's month. That's what I was looking oh for. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot it. Exclusive and episode. And you could suggest a topic, even though none of our producers do. But, if you're you a know, producer. it is what it is. That's the highest level. Yeah. Producers, they are in with our creative process, which is clearly flawed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're interested in any of that stuff, again, that's patreon.com slash podcast. And if you don't have a few dollars away, giving us a rating on iTunes or telling friends and family helps the show grow. And we appreciate you for even getting this far on the episode. Today's topic is going to be about Star Wars, like I said. But we usually take a question from our Patreons, except none of our Patreons write in. And I checked Patreon. Nobody has written in. So lately, we've just been inviting Tim on the show to ask questions. Tim, do you have a question for us? Yes. First question. Will Daft Punk ever return? Daft Punk. Probably. I don't know. I saw them in Tron. I don't see why not. They're but great. They're I so like mysterious. Them. They have no idea. Well, I think this is what's cool is that, you know, even if they die, no one's going to know. Have they ever been doxxed? 
How much? Do yeah. you, do There's you think, pictures online that they have like oh, okay. faces. Okay. Do you think that Daft Punk has has been making music for like the next a hundred years? Oh, and, they just have it like lined up. Yeah, and so it doesn't matter because they have the mask. That'd be cool, but I don't think that's true. It's like Batman. It's just gonna <laughs> keep going to their kids. Yeah, it's, it's gonna like, be like a Batman Beyond plot. Nobody, nobody, uh, nobody knew who I was till I put on the mask. You know. That kind Good. of thing. Yeah. What's speculation is that next year they're working on something. Come out next year. Okay, well, then why did you ask us the question? No. <laughs> well, he's the music guy. Yeah. Okay. Like, All right. looking at go. leaks and stuff. Tim, yeah. If I, Tim is good for one thing, he definitely knows his music, that's mm-hmm. for sure. See, I never... I I appreciate Daft Punk, but it was never, like, my thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was just... You know, they're, they're, they're good, but I just... Oh, excuse me. Katy Perry's your thing. Sorry. Uh, no, I don't like Katy Perry. The truth. But... I do actually. Here's a, here's a weird ad, ad, admit. Ad, what is it called? When you uh, admit admission? something. Yeah. Admission? No, no, no. But like a confession. Here's a weird uh. confession. I actually really think Pink is a good performer, a great performer. Oh, yeah. From sure. You know what? There's a lot of artists I don't like that I think are excellent performers. I mean, oh yeah. Taylor Swift. I I watched her at the AMAs, and that was treacherous. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like Taylor Swift. <laughs> But she can perform. Like she, she has a lot better stage skills than I do, and mm-hmm. I probably most of you listen to this show as well. So yeah, of course. I mean, you can you can knock on as many artists as you want, even if it's death metal or whatever. You oh, have they have they have the. I mean, metal artists are the best at at, at performances. My, like seriously, they they have like such chops. I think mm-hmm. the scariest thing about metal performers is that they have incredible well the best ones have incredible precision and skill with the guitar while also jumping yeah which exactly. is just it's insane. crazy i mean like jazz might be skill right jazz or classical but they're sit like classical players they sit <laughs> they sit they don't move right yeah. jazz players they sway metal you jumping dog like oh, they're yeah. they're flying across the yeah stage. they're banging their heads up and down like they're getting brain damage that's like some serious crazy. motor muscle memory. yeah there's brain damage listen to that you I don't mean, like any metal tune? Yeah, it's, yeah but it's like good. It's it's like really good. Give some just, really good bands. I was I would I every now and then I'll I'll look at what you're listening to on Spotify. You yeah, know? yeah. And you were listening to some Megadeth the other day. That's and right. I was like I was like, yeah. Yeah, Megadeth. I'm about good. it. I'm about it. This is we're on a completely <laughs> opposite hyper train or whatever they rob in solo. Um, but I was gonna say that my Spotify of the year playlists have come out, and they're just completely botched by the fact that I've been doing two things this year. One, playing like playlists for the church I work at. Mm. So church the music can. that I have on the top tr- on my top music is just the cycling music of that playlist, which yeah. is just yeah. totally trash. And the other issue is that when I play Overwatch on my computer, like I'll sit there for three to four hours sometimes and play Overwatch at night just to chill. Well, three to four hours is a long time for streaming music. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I'll true. play like either lo-fi, which is like for my homework or just chill music or rap. And it's like both of those things, those playlists. It's So my my 2019 playlist of the year, it's like it's just the music I've been listening to on repeat. Right. But right. it's like not the music I would consider of the year. Yeah. You know that, what I mean? That's always the problem with those Spotify playlists. It's like or the, the like what have you been listening to this year? Because I feel like it's always skewed as far as like I'm like, yeah. I listen to that a lot, I guess, but it's not like my favorite, uh, you know, thing I listen to this year or whatever. Um, it also shows you like a different time in the year. You know what I mean? When you're like, oh, that was February. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. I guess I was listening to that a lot. 
Well, you know who Disney hasn't been listening to? The, the fans. fans. That's right. So let's get into oh. the Star Wars conversation. Uh, oh, this is no. recorded before The Rise of Skywalker has come out. Today we're going to be talking about what does The Rise of Skywalker need to do in order to save the Star Wars franchise. Uh, I think my first question to you guys is, what does Star Wars mean for you individually? Um, Cameron, go ahead and start. Like, like what is, like, <laughs> stop looking at I me I feel like, like that. I'm, I'm at, like, an AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm asking you is, like, are you a casual Star Wars fan? Are you hardcore into it? Are you whatever with it? Like, do you even care about it? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, whoever's listening to this doesn't know, so you might yeah. as well tell. Yeah, I mean, I grew up absolutely loving Star Wars. It was, like, my favorite thing in the world. I remember I had a huge bucket of Star Wars toys, like action figures. Yeah. Um, and me and my brother would, we would like, we would dump them all out and we would have battles. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was so awesome. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was me growing up. So I would consider myself a, a, a huge fan. Um, and it's also one of the reasons that I, that I got into film. I, I mean, like, I remember the day that I realized that Star Wars was filmed on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was, it was like mind blowing to me. Right. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, Star Wars was not filmed on Tatooine. It was not filmed on Hoth. It was filmed in, <laughs> in California. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I, so it was like, it, it was nuts. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons where I, where I was like, oh, I want to do that, you know? So I would say that it's it it has had a a very big impact on my life. Um, with that being said, I mean I think I think everybody has kind of cued into the fact that Star Wars has a different tone um, nowadays, and there's a different um, I don't know. I guess there's a different uh, direction as far as the these new these new movies. Um, they're going in a different direction in a way that I, I don't know. The thing is, I I was on, I'm, I'm still on the side of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still, I'm still a fan. Um, but I'm, I'm worried and I'm still skeptical of, of what's going to happen in the future because I, I'm worried of the sort of like total milking of the franchise um, that I had seen coming from, a mile away. You know what I mean? Totally. So. Yeah, I'd say I'm in the same boat as you, Cameron. I I've been I grew up on Star Wars, so I'm a huge fan of it. Um I I think you pretty much covered all the bases. I mean, obviously I'm not I didn't study film because of it, but yeah, su- super into it. How about you, Tim? Yeah, I was thinking about my my younger self back in like two, early 2000s where like my dad showed me um what's the sixth film in that again? Re- Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi and then the Attack of the Clones, which was like pretty, I love those two films a lot. Like, Still, not anymore. By the time, <laughs> like it was like such a big part, like I was be watching it. Yeah, but like not, at the moment, it's not so sentimental. Like I'm not happy where it's going, but I'm not against it either. It's just indifferent towards it. Yeah, sort of a burned out feeling with it. Kind of, like, for sure. They don't have the same feel. Yeah, so I think the big the big point of conversation with talking about Star Wars is, is as far as like what Disney's done ever since the acquisition of the brand, 
what are the things that really make Star Wars different or even like that change of tone that you were talking about? And so I pitched you guys a question before we started recording. Like, if you can think of specific things that differ the original trilogy from the Disney content that's being created, that would include, you know, these new Skywalker films, the the trilogy, that's Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then the Skywalker one we haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, Rogue One, Star Wars story, and The Mandalorian. Like, what are the things that is missing that was in the original trilogy? Obviously, you know, the prequel trilogy felt like a far divergence from the original Star Wars trilogy as well, but we're really not going to tap into that too much. There are some things I want to talk about that I think all six films have in common that even the Disney films are lacking, but I don't know. I, I think we should just leave it open to that. Like... What what's missing right now? Yeah, I think for me, um, there are two things that really spring to mind, and one is not—it's um, not actually something that it's missing. It's actually something that it added that actually changed changed the tone for me. Um, and that one thing is, um, what would you say? Almost like uh, misplaced comedy. Um, in the same way that Marvel movies have this like w- very strange tone where there's like um, jokes interspersed with like action and Drama. story, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So there's this, there's like, there's this tone that is trying to split the, split the difference between like you know a dark serious movie and a movie that is not taking itself very seriously. And and there and I'll talk about the Marvel movies a little bit because I think they're an important parallel. Um but there are Marvel movies that really do the uh, split the difference really well. Um and maybe don't even split the, split the difference at all. Like I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a really good example of um that charisma and humor coming through the the dramatic scenes um even when it uh, like it normally maybe wouldn't be appropriate in a movie like that. Um, and I think it's a great example of how um, you can actually intersperse those those scenes effectively. Um, but there are also other movies that have really strange, almost like misplaced jokes, you know what I mean? Where it's like it, the humor just kind of falls flat where you're like, I'm not sure if that really needed to be funny there or like wanted to be funny you're not even specifically referencing star wars i'm not i'm not i'm talking about the marvel movies right now um and and it's like it's like oh that was just a little bit awkward you know it like just doesn't come across very well um and then there are movies that are that kind of take the i i wouldn't say the opposite extreme because they're different there i would say the opposite extreme is something like joker or something like um like logan you know what i mean where it's just not funny right it's just very serious takes itself seriously but there are movies like um batman v superman that are like trying to be dark and serious but just are not you know what i mean like that are that are very like well was batman v superman no that's justice league justice league was split between two directions exactly exactly that that one made sense yeah but but batman v superman had this like um Everybody said it was like a gritty tone, but it just like I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. The comedy was like uncomfortable. I I didn't. I didn't think there was any comedy. 
Not really. I mean, there was there was like sprinkles. It was, it was the confusion of was that a joke? Yeah, like, that was like the kind of the best way. Yeah, and and you think about the original trilogy, right? So now going back to Star Wars, um, you think about the original trilogy, and there's very very little comedy. Um, there's a handful of like slightly comedic instances with with the droids, especially in um, I would say A New Hope has probably the most of the trilogy. Um, with comedy, yeah, yeah, where where they're they're kind of bumbling through the desert, you know, they're they're sort of like, uh, you know, the C three PO R two D two dynamic is um, fun and interesting, you know, and it's it's fun in the sort of lighthearted way um, that an adventure film has. I think you know I I might disagree with you a little bit, Cameron. I think there is comedy in the original trilogy, but it isn't forceful. It's very Reliant on character banter and yes. character writing. Yeah, and so well, well, I don't know, I don't know if character banter is necessarily the thing. It's like, it's almost like a little bit situational. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. they're they're in these um, strange. It's it's in the same way that like Indiana Jones has comedy. You know where or, like. Indiana Jones will be in the market, and the, and the sword guy, you know, he he's he's like doing all this fancy stuff, and he just pulls out his gun and shoots him. You know, it's situational, and it and it lends itself towards the characters. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of I've been watching a lot of Friends lately, mm-hmm. and I feel like Friends is all situational comedy because I know some people that think Friends is not funny at it's all. It's called a sitcom. I know. <laughs> so I think it's interesting, right, to pull that parallel because in well, in Friends, it's like there are funny lines, but most of the jokes revolve around two setup gags that are yeah. situational. Like, for instance, Joey wears, you know, the maternity pants the whole episode. And that is the butt of a joke the entire episode just with characters commenting right. on it. And when it comes to Star Wars, right, I kind of feel like that comedy is like sitcom comedy is what is the like the humor in the yeah. films because yeah, the characters exactly. remain consistent to who they are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But but in the new in the new Star Wars films, it I think it is actually more on what you're saying where they're like bantering and, you know, trying to say funny lines. Right, right. Um and I think for me it strikes a tone where it's like you know, it just like yeah. doesn't doesn't work as far as the comedy goes. And and it's always the weakest part of of these movies. Um, you know, disregarding Tim is going to talk about story, I think, but, but disregarding that necessarily, it's like, it's like these characters are, um, they're supposed to be serious in the roles that they are. But when Ray says something that's like kind of goofy or when Finn says something that's kind of goofy, it's just like, it's just kind of awkward, you know, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right in as far as in character. You know what I mean? Like, like think about like when Leia says a line that's kind of funny. It's because she's like the sassy lady. You know what I mean? It's like she's she's like, you know, she's stuck in the garbage pit and she's yelling at at everybody else because she she's stuck in there. You know what I mean? Like, right. like that's that's funny because it's it's a character in an unexpected situation and they're and they're you know they're talking about that situation it's not like you know they're not like banter bantering and and goofing off you know it's not it's not like that so 
I don't know. I think there's, I would, I don't want to say too much humor, but it's like, it, it doesn't strike, it doesn't strike, yeah, it doesn't strike the same, um, uh, like adventurousness. The humor is not adventurous, um, in the same way that, that the original trilogy is. So mm. good point. Good point. Tim, what do you think of what's missing with this new Disney, whatever you want to call it, trilogy, content, splurge, dump truck, garbage fire, <laughs> all of the above? Come no, on, it's not that bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. No, I'll agree with you, Cameron, talking about Poe and the comedy like in Force Awakens when he gets captured. And like, do I talk? You talk? Like, Yeah, Poe does have probably some of the strangest Star Wars-like. I remember the first time I saw... Um, the Force Awakens. You're right. That scene where he's like, "How does this work? Do you talk or do I talk?" In the interrogation part, and mm-hmm. I remember the whole audience feeling a little unsettled. <laughs> like I'm serious. <laughs> like opening weekend, I remember everyone being like, "Uh, uh ha 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 ha," you yeah. know. And then like that when I went to see the Last Jedi, there's the, the Yo Mama joke call at Ooh. the beginning. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, one. I know. You probably don't. What is He's it? He's dry. I don't know if you remember this. Poe Dameron's flying an X-wing towards a dreadnought. Um, Imperial Star Destroyer or whatever it is and he prank calls them. Oh right, right. And, right, and he calls right, them yes, 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 and yes. and he says your mom he says your mom joke in it at t- at the end of the call. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. And no one laughed at that in my thing. <laughs> I remember that no one laughed at that one. I was like, "Ooh. Is it hot in here?" Because uh where's Ryan? Someone get me Ryan on the phone here. But yeah, no, I think I think comedy is is perfect, Tim. What what else? Okay, but the biggest thing that com- comes to mind was the feeling or the all in wonder, like the original trilogy had specifically. Like the one of the first instances in New Hope was when like um, Luke walks out the his his little house with his the Skywalkers and Tatooine. Yeah, and he yeah. Looks as the sun and all that, or when he tries to pick up the ship in Empire. Mm. And the Yoda looks at him and stuff like, can he do it or not? There's a lot of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. I'm going to kind of rework it into what my thought was. Okay. Um, because I think I, I get what you're saying. Star Wars, or at least the original trilogy, and I actually think the prequel trilogy does this, this as well, okay. is when you're talking about atmosphere, that is something that those films have seeping out of them. Even the prequels. At times, the one yeah. thing I can think of about Star Wars is that every planet and every scene and every place, I kind of want to see what's going on in the world around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's Coruscant, politics. yeah. I mean, even Coruscant, no, I want to see all yeah, the politics. Even in Coruscant, it'd be better if it was just a political thriller. <laughs> in in Coruscant, the the city planet, it's like you want to see the underbelly of that mm. city. You want to see the interesting stuff that's going on there. I mean, you look at. Uh, Kashyyyk, the Wookiee planet, you see a very small beach, but you're kind of curious about what's going on there. Hoth. I remember watching uh, Empire and thinking like, man, I wonder if Luke got stuck in that one ice cave and there's a wampa in there. There must be other wampas like, yeah, out there like as well. Yeah, like what are they doing? Like, like what are they eating? What's the rest <laughs> you know? of the planet? Like, yeah, like yeah, you know, exactly. you have this this curiosity about the films and, the, and Star Wars always does a good job showing you just enough to make you feel like you want more of that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that the Disney films lack this. There's not a lot of planets that I've seen in uh, the Disney content that I just want to see around the corner of. And that's sort of disappointing to me. 
I, I don't know really exactly how to put it because I've been watching The Mandalorian. <laughs> and there's a lot that I like about The Mandalorian. Let me say that it is probably my favorite Star Wars content that Disney has made. But that atmosphere element is something that's just completely lacking. I just finished episode four the other night, um, which is the current one. I'm sure five is five is coming out tomorrow. So uh, by the time you listen to this, it will be out. Episode four is just like a generic forest planet. It reminds me of this forest planet that you see in Thor two, the dark moon <laughs> or the dark whatever. And that's not a good the dark time world. To, dark, yeah, exactly. So it's like there's a forest scene in that movie, and now this forest looks the same as that one. Yeah, did you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm already done with this. And the whole episode took place on the forest planet, mm. and I was like, filler, filler, and crappy area. Like I just. What happened to Star Wars having these like awe-inspiring environments? Where I will give the new trilogy credit is that I think Crate. Actually, I would say that the Last Jedi does the best with environment. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's just everything else it fumbles pretty hard. And when I think about Star Wars story, the Star Wars stories ones, whether that's Solo or uh, Rogue One, like. I don't know. Rogue One had that that Jedi temple planet. That was kind of neat, but it was just desert. And it all looked like Tatooine again. Do you know what planet I'm talking about? There's a desert Yeah, There's yeah, a desert planet, and there's one scene that makes you have that on wonder. There's a fallen Jedi statue that's mm, halfway yeah. buried in the sand. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That moment's like, whoa, I want to see yeah, more of this. Cool. Until you see more of it. And then you're like... It's just Tatooine again, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's just, that that's like a disappointing thing. So I think atmosphere is huge. Um, and I, I got to give Ryan Johnson credit with, with the last Jedi, because I do think it has good environments. It's just, I, I don't know why. I, I just think it's lacking Cameron. What do you think it dude? Oh, of, of the last Jedi? No, I'm just thinking about uh, the oh, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And I think part of it is that um, there's almost like safety. It's like safe to um, uh, to kind of fall back on some of the earlier ideas. You know what I mean? Like, And it's so not how um, the original... Tr- <laughs> it's so not how the original trilogy did it, right? So like Star Wars... It started on a Tatooine, you know, on Tatooine, this, the sand planet. You know, there was these, like, really sort of, like, harsh and oppressive environments. Um, and then it it moved... It basically just stayed on Tatooine for, for most of it, and then it moved on to space. Um, and the rest of the battles were in space and on on the Death Star. Um, and then uh, in, in Empire, you start immediately on on ice planet you know and so it's like it's like total change of pace total change of environment and and it's completely different from from episode one you know um and then you go to a cloud planet you know where it's this big city in the clouds totally different color scheme um even different from the movie from the rest of the movie you know it's it's a totally different shift and then and then uh return of the jedi you know, you you're back on Tatooine for a little bit, and then you move on to Endor, which is this this amazing um, set where it's it's just trees and beautiful forests, and you know it's like it's so everything is so different from each other. Um, and then you know we go back to and it and I agree with you, it carries into 
to but, the original or to to the prequel tr- trilogy too. This is this is something that I want to know, right? Because the prequel trilogy still somehow captures this uh, just vibrant environment, right? And it still uses CGI. Like the thing I liked about Endor, the forest planet, is that it was so, like I mean, there was there was a lot of practical, right? There was, oh yeah. It felt like you were there in the forest. Whereas this episode of the Mandalorian. It feels like you're on Thor: The Dark World. Dude. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it feels like you're stuck back in that dang forest. You yeah. watch Thor use his hammer to knock the guy's stone body to pieces or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. But, but but I mean, the new trilogy. You know, we go back to a desert planet that's not Tatooine, but you know, it's it's a desert planet. And then we go to, um, like you said, it's it's very different in, um. In in the Last Jedi, but but a lot of that movie is kind of in Ireland, you know, where it's like, it's yeah. like a little bit, oh, uh, uh, you know, it's familiar, but it's still interesting and and kind of different um, from what we've seen before. I don't know if it's just they show too much of the planets because you think about the locations of the new Star Wars films. There's a lot that remind me of like vomit. Just like the color palette, uh, you know, oh, you, you think of like Star Wars, the, the Star Wars, the, the Star Wars story uh, on Kessel. Like, what a forgettable looking planet, or the yeah. opening planet where he's driving, he's driving this like car through boring. like industrial, boring, boring. And then there's also like the ending of Solo Star Wars story where, uh, or, or there's a, that casino planet, boring. It's vomit. It's the color vomit. And then the end is like kind of unique. With the ship design of... Sorry, are you talking about Solo? Yeah, or... I'm talking about Cause, Solo. Cause the casino planet was in... Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 Last, last, last Jedi. As well. But there's a casino planet in Solo. What? Where they meet Lando. They're, they're, it's, it's, not, cool, it's like a more like a pub. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. like... Okay, he's in a casino. It's not it, a casino planet. But or yeah. it's not even a casino. It's a gambling... It's like a bar, yeah. Dive bar yeah, yeah. place. So, anyways... Yeah, like, I just feel like the palette of that film is pretty boring. Yeah. Even though there's elements of cool. Like, the thing I liked about that film was the villain's office Mm, at the end. Like, that felt like, ooh, I like the environment. Yeah, there's, like, the tall, like, big... Yeah, and I've always felt like Star Wars has captured that throughout its film. You know, even, like, you look at The Force Awakens. We're making fun of the the sand planet. There There are cool moments. Uh, where she's yeah, going when, through the Star Destroyers and, yeah, and there's awesome. the busted stuff and you're like, those are the moments that you're like, I want to see more of this. But then there are moments where it's just sand in a market and you're like, I've seen this before. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And there's also... I mean, like, I think... I, I think the... I I think Force Awakens um, is weak on the environments but is strong on the like the like intrigue factor you know what i mean it's like it's like strong on the ooh, i want to i want to see more of that you yeah, know yeah. i think i mean especially i feel like the tides have kind of shifted on that movie a little bit in a weird way um i mean i still think it's it's uh it's a it's a really good movie um but th- there's sort of this business attitude shift um towards it and i th- i still think it captures a lot of of the feeling of like intrigue, you know, the feeling sure, of, sure. of, Oh, you know, that's, that's interesting. Oh, I want to see a little bit more of that. And, and that is what, what Abrams is really good at 
And what he's not good at is ending things. <laughs> I think because as we're talking through this idea of setting or even like that, that environment feeling, right? What was the word we used? Mise-en-scene. No. Tim no. used something else. All Atmosphere. 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 I don't think... I, th- I think that Disney's um, mainline, like Skywalker ending trilogy, does have elements of it. I just think that the original trilogy holds that so close. Hmm. And the new Disney contented movies... I don't know why I said it that way. But the new Disney movies fumble it a little bit. There's elements where it's strong, but it's not the same as it was. And I'm not saying that's... I'm not saying you have to do the same thing over and over again. I just feel like that part of Star Wars is something that I would dream about as a kid. Like it that, was integral. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what... That, that's what I said. I mean, that's that's literally the reason that I, that I started to love movies. Like, yeah, literally, yeah. what I said was, um, oh... Tatooine is a real place it's like I can go there you know and see those things or you know Hoth that actually exists on earth you know like like that was the sort of like um and it's a quality actually I think of of adventure films it it, like you really feel it in something like the Lord of the Rings right Mm, it's the same it's the same feeling of awe that you get of like wow like this is incredible. You know, it's incredible that we're seeing this, this giant mountain landscape or this volcanic desert or, you know, like they're just amazing things that, that you're seeing on, on the screen. And, and then it's the same in, in something like Indiana Jones where you're like, Oh my goodness, this temple hidden, hidden in a forest or, you know, like, like it's this, it's this feeling of, of they're going on an adventure, you know, they're, they're seeing something new and something, something, uh, you know, out of the ordinary, out of what we would we would, you know, normally see in our daily lives, um, and and I think you're right. I think there's less focus on that in these new films, and more focus on, um, I mean, I don't know what is the focus. <laughs> what's think, what's the focus of the new films? That's what's driving me nuts, and I, I think the next part that I wanted to talk about plays into atmosphere. But that's, war, and and it go along it goes along with what you're saying about Lord of the Rings. Is that's the world context almost, or the world building, or the lore of the world? It's just so confusing, and I I don't know how J.J. Abrams is gonna somehow recover this trilogy because of how strangely the lore has been handled for the end of this Skywalker saga, right? And this is what I mean. What the heck is the resistance? Like, I don't even know, because there's a Republic that exists, right? The New Republic exists. Yeah. So why isn't the New Republic's army fighting the First Order? Like I just I I really don't understand what is happening in this war. You like know what in I mean? the in the universe in universe, yeah. Right. I I have no idea. And then yeah. I heard I was listening to some people talk about Star Wars today, and they were saying, "Wait, the First Republic planets got exploded by the new Death Star. So is is it like all planets have no authoritative government?" I always considered. I, I so here's here's what I thought. But I, I mean, I'm sure I'm wrong. Um, I thought when the Empire ended, 
there was a dissolution of of power back to the individual planets so it was almost like there were and then there were certain holdouts right and and you you saw that in um in the the, the what is it called the first order um what are they called the new uh first order yeah i think that yeah, yeah first yeah, order yeah that's right um yeah, so so you saw that in the first order, they were trying to kind of grasp at certain elements of the old empire, um, right? Like I, I imagine it's like it's like the how the Byzantine Empire um, was erected around certain states of the Roman Empire, but but then other states, you know, uh, split off and separated into like the Germanic tribes and and other and you know they they kind of separated into their own. Um, dissolute powers right right and i always assumed that that was kind of there i i mean is there a new republic i mean i don't know that's what they say yeah but you don't see any you sort don't see of, anything yeah it's it's you see a congresswoman walk outside and look at the big red laser that's about to hit her planet oh right right i don't even know if she's a congressperson though well yeah she's yeah it's like a it's like it's, a it's on coruscant right Maybe or, it looks like, similar to it. Yeah, it looks it looks kind I of. I remember like my a brother and I plan. laughing at that because we were like, "Bye bye prequels, <laughs> bye bye." Yeah, um, yeah. Which I would I always thought was more of a dig at the old Star Wars yeah, canon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think one thing you have to give credit to Lucas for was he was really in like engrossed in the. Um, world building aspect yeah you know what i mean like he was really deep in okay this is how this works this is how the um you know the republic this is how the republic dissolves into or uh grows essentially into an empire state you know this is how someone would channel the different um the different elements of of bureaucracy and and become an emperor this is how you know the the um you know the police force of one you know one uh element would would grow into something that's that's uniform across all these states and then some would be outside of the the purview of the republic some would be still inside and right. then you know like like he was really detailed in how he laid that out the and he was rim. he was absolutely terrible at explaining that to the audience but right. but he like he like had a vision for it you know i mean that's all you could say for him is he he had he was a visionary it was my creative vision um and and so yeah so there's there's none of that really in in the new trilogy there's none of the world building except that was so so like th- thoughtful and and intriguing in, in the old film. I will say that the new trilogy has thoughtful and interesting lore, but it's written by a bunch of different people who never got together and compared notes. I think that's a big issue because there's no lore master. There's no new lore master. I don't know who the lore master is. For yeah. It. And yeah. I know, I know I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're like lore master. What the heck? Like who, literally the video games I play have people that work for these companies that design the video games that have lore masters. Yeah, like it's yeah. silly, but pe- someone's got to keep track of that crap in-, in terms of the story, right? Someone has to understand what's going on in the world, and so the only Disney content that I think actually succeeds at doing this is the Mandalorian. This is the first thing that caught my attention with the show. In the first episode, 
it is established that the show takes place between episodes six and seven, which is a time frame that nobody's made any content about. Right. right. Um, and he, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler. If you haven't seen the first episode, I'm just going to tell you outright. The Mandalorian is a bounty hunter and he takes a deal from an old raggedy Imperial general. The la- like one of the, he, he, they're in hiding this Imperial general and he's got a bunch of stormtroopers around him and they're all muddy, not clean armor. They're like, these guys are on the run. Mm. Like they're in hiding. And he pays uh, the Mandalorian with like this super valuable, like scarce material that he wants. And it's like, dude, this is like kind of, it almost reminds you of like ex Nazis or, or, or things like that. Like that, like that feeling, the way that they present it in the show is like, that's like kind of the interesting world building that I've been missing. And that's what I got to give mm. credit to with the Mandalorian, the setting, the atmosphere is a little booty, but the world building, like the feeling around it is good. Yeah. And you know, he, right away they expect you to understand what's happening. He shows up to turn in a bounty and he says, I want more pucks. And you're just like, what's a puck? And they don't even explain it to you. He just throws them on the table. He's like, I got three targets for you. Which puck do you want? And it's like, oh, cool. Like, they call bounties pucks because inside the puck is the tracking device, and that's mm-hmm. how they find mm-hmm. the guy. And you're like, oh, like, I miss that. Like, right, I miss right, that right. about Star Wars, right? Um, you know, they used to talk about that stuff all the time in the original trilogy, and I, I don't know if there's any instances that they do it in the Skywalker end of saga trilogy from Disney, but I can't really think of anything like that. No, no I mean, like, they, I, I, the thing is, they use the, um, in the Force Awakens. There's like a little bit of a setup, where you you think, like, oh, this is an interesting like post, post Empire, you know, sort of, uh, the remnants of that, and they they you know they try to they they launch an attack on on certain. Um, you know, resistant cities in order to, to assert their dominance and whatnot, but but really, it just kind of falls down to like, um, almost like convenient metaphors and not really world building. You know what I mean? Like they're like uh, whatever whatever his name is, uh, General Hux. What's yeah, it? yeah, good that, catch. That that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like you know, he's like I'm the first, the, uh, the first order, you know, just like total <laughs> clear, mine. clear Nazi Im- imagery. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the vibe that, that the original but trilogy was going for, but it's not, it's, it's not like it, it was relevant in world, you know, in character. Exactly. Because the Nazis own the government. They were an Imperial, right? Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah, of course. So it's like. You can't, I mean, you can have him be looking like a Nazi general, but it's like, it doesn't make sense in the context of that world. Yeah. He, he has to kind of look more like, um, leading a rebellion. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or like, or like trying to like, even, even if you wanted to push him in that Nazi direction, you know, interestingly, this is a total side tangent, but I've been watching this, um, uh, this video series called world war two. The channel's name is just World War Two, um, and it goes through week by week everything that happened in uh, in World War Two in real time, and it's it's awesome. It's so cool. So like 
each week. I want to check that. I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah, each week they they say like this is what happened during this week in 1939. You know, so like and they they're like we're going to be doing this for the next six years. <laughs> so wow. buckle up. Um, which so so awesome. Such such cool. Uh, if you if you want endless entertainment, go watch uh, World War Two on YouTube. Um, in any case, so basically, I've been getting a deep dive history on World War Two, which has been really cool. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to portray the rebellion as or uh, the First Order as um, this like almost like you could you could portray them more like the Nazis if you wanted to, if they were a um, like defeated sort of. Um, like like you could portray them as post empire they you know were totally wiped out during the war they had gotten sanctions on them and they were like had to pay war debts they were like totally totally distraught and then um eventually through through kind of um really backwards and and sort of conniving means they ended up building together an army secretly and they were um they were trying to build more strength in in their region and they were like they were like like really thoroughly um hiding everything that they were doing and then at one point they just invade Coruscant or something you know like they just they were making peace treaties and you know trying to make deals trying to legitimize themselves and then they just they just explode. I would have just I would have written it like Red Pilled or Antifa or something. You know what I mean? Where it's like almost a counter movement of weird, dumb youth or something like that. Mm, yeah. Where it's like, ooh, like I think I'm woke. You know, like I'm woke. I see the truth and the Empire was good for us. Which I actually saw a really fun video on YouTube about how the Empire was good. Yeah. And I was like, that would have been a much more fun take for the first right. order. Like, like they had a nostalgia for for the old They're times. Like the they were like, this they is this is chaotic. This is a chaotic universe. Exactly. We need to unify. And they'd yeah. be like, man, the em- under the empire, it was good. It wasn't great, but it was better than this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like almost, and then have that be their rallying cry. Yeah, like disaffected. Um, what a much more interesting trilogy. That would, would be cool. That yeah, would be really it cool. Been really good. Yeah, but but I mean, I just I think. I think like we're both saying the world building is I don't want to say lazy but like it's 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 not as strong as it could be. Right. Um and and I don't know. I'm 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 missing that and I think a lot of people are missing that. Um and and I think and here's here's what I'll really hone in on. I think a lot of people who are criticizing the um the new trilogy. I don't think they're thinking thoroughly about what they're wanting from the, from a new trilogy and they're honing in on things that are ultimately a little bit useless. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people talk about the sort of writing of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. The writing of Luke Skywalker or, you know, the, the sort of, um, different weird plot things that happen in in the Last Jedi, which you know it is what it is. But but I'm like, sorry, Cameron, I can't forgive the scene with Carrie Fisher flying through space. <laughs> that is just that has got to be probably one of the worst. Like I laughed out loud in the theater. In any case, in any case, P- 
people are honing in on things that are ultimately not the biggest problem with these new Star Wars movies. Um, and the biggest problems are, I think, the the structure of the new Star Wars films as a whole, as in, like, the universe that Star Wars exists in, which was so... Um, fleshed out I think in the first three it was so fleshed out that it carried through it carried a garbage prequel series exactly yeah. exactly yeah totally yeah you're totally right um, where like Lando like think about Empire right Lando is stuck in a position where he has to sell out his, one of his best friends because because there's nothing he can do because of the you know the 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 imposition of the empire and he has to he has to you know he's thinking like okay yeah it's one guy versus my whole entire city you know what i mean like my whole entire uh what i run and and i can't sacrifice that and like that is so um interestingly thought out and And it's not even something you can pick up on with a first viewing sometimes. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe that's because we were children. But, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I remember when that hit me. I don't me, even remember my first sitting. When, when I was watching through it and and I realized that Lando was like the leader of this yeah, city yeah. and he had to, like, I was like, whoa. Like, that's, that's uh, it adds way more texture Definitely. to his character for Definitely. sure. Well, I think we need to wrap up kind of what we've been talking about in terms of the things that are missing because I'd like to talk about solutions or... Um, things you can do to rectify the trilogy with this newest film and kind of throw out some ideas. But before we close it off completely, was there any other things you guys thought about that was missing from this this new Disney push of Star Wars? I don't, I don't know if there's anything in particular. I think we covered pretty much the basis. I mean, you can say generic things like get a better script or, you know, <laughs> uh, write a better character. Ryan Johnson sucks. De- delete Rose. Which delete. I... Which I, I I will push back on anyone who says Ryan Johnson sucks. Ryan Johnson is a really good director. He's actually a great director. So, well, you, you, I don't know. He did that new film, Knives Out, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but Tim? I'm, I'm excited. It was good. Yeah, I, that's what I hear. I hear it's great. Um, and he made he made the film Looper, which is excellent. Brick. And he made the film Brick, which is so good. By the way. And the best two uh, uh, episodes of Breaking Bad. Which ones? Fly. Fly and um, Ozymandias. Oh, wow. I was going to ask you, Cameron, what are the films I need to watch before our end-of-the-year discussion about movies? Oh, yeah, for sure. So give me that list afterwards. But oh, by yeah, the way, okay. if, if you're a fan of the show, we're going to be doing sort of a 2019 year in review. And of course, Juzo will be on the show. Heck, yes. Of course he will. So, um, yeah, let's get into solutions about Skywalker, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and by the way, we're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker on the film yeah uh, yeah totally co- conversation the only reason i didn't want to do that episode today was because we hadn't seen this movie yet yeah. um how do how does jj fix this uh i i want to also talk about how red letter media predicted that it was going to be a time travel plot <laughs> um if that is the truth if that's what happens i let me just say i'm gonna get a, an extra large popcorn out of the theater i i'm gonna enjoy it i'm gonna enjoy it in a, the most cynical way you can imagine <laughs> Just gonna be laughing my head off. I can't wait to see Hayden Christensen walk through a dark vape cloud and come through and say, "I'll fight beside you" or something like that. I'm, Some stupid line. Here's the thing: I am deeply skeptical 
um, that this new film is going to be any good. I agree. Um, and that's not based on what I think about the, the last two films. It's not based on Disney. It's not based on anything. It's actually solely based on the fact that they tested. Um, well, it's not solely. I'm, I'm skeptical for a lot of reasons. But they tested like eight different endings. And, and what that just tells me is they have absolutely no plan. They have no plan. They don't know what's going on. They, they, they are trying to test for the best audience. And that is disturbing to me. It's, um, it's going to make me really uncomfortable when I watch this movie. Yeah, because it's almost like a lab rat. Right yeah, away. I mean, yeah, but but also again, like like companies, they do this a lot. They test, they they focus test movies. You know, they take things out, they change things. Totally, I I understand that. But but what what this is telling me, and I I don't know, maybe I'm reading into this, but what this Which is telling me be. is, um, sorry, we don't know where this is going. We don't know where this should go. So, um, we're going to just test out what the best option is. We're going to see what makes then, you happiest. And then man. we'll, we'll go with that, you know? And here's the thing. Sorry if this sounds elitist, but film goers are stupid. <laughs> they're, you know, general audiences, they're wrong very often. Um, and I don't know if I agree with you, Cameron. I really agree with that. I, I'm going to just go out there and say this. I think it should be a balance between critic and, and viewer. Because... It's not the critics, though. It's just general audiences. No, I understand. I understand. Technically, I sort of consider myself still in the general audience. Yeah. So I'll walk out of a movie like Gravity and be like, that was trash. <laughs> and I'm going to stand by it. Okay. okay. So you can tell me it's an allegory for birth. I'm not trying to bring up a spicy <laughs> meme from the past, but spicy meme. I just nah, dude. That movie's bad. Now tell someone it's an allegory for life. You're an allegory for life. Yeah, too. I don't really like 2001. It's a great movie. I love it. I know that's like sacrilege to say, but I don't know. I never it's seen it. It's, it's a great movie. movie. I guess that's one of the we'll, ones we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. watch it. Totally. Yeah. Anyways, solutions. Let's talk episode nine. Tim, what are you gonna do to save Star Wars? For the good old Mick. You're going to save the whole Star Wars. You better fix this franchise now. <laughs> Have an end credit scene. Oh, no. boy. <laughs> no, the first thing. Put Robert Downey Jr. in it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think there's got to be something shocking in there. Yeah. Um, not for shocking sake, but something that they brought in the previous films and they, we kind of forgot about that. And they bring that element, whatever that is. Well, like def- Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going for some sort of nostalgic shock. So Oof, I don't think you're gonna have like to. That. I don't think you're gonna have to worry about that. To Not be this nostalgic. But yeah, just but that's what they're gonna do. That's their like that. They're using shock marketing right now. They're like trying. Oh, Ray's she's turning to the dark side. She knows oh she's gosh. a. She won't do nothing. Whoa, you can't say that either. No, but I guess uh, I think there's got to be something that we've. Yeah, bring back an element. I guess nostalgia, something that ties it better into like a whole cohesive piece. For matter, I think that's a terrible idea. Okay, just sorry. go off the rails. Totally, just Shock. disregard everything everybody wants. I would love to see a majority of the cast killed within the first ten minutes. Whoa! And um, <laughs> like Thanos dies. Star Wars genocide. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think it would be really interesting if you know. 
They, I think they just have too many characters right now, to be honest. I think sure. they should just focus. They, they need to just bring it back to their roots. Let's just, let's just simplify it. Let's, Honestly, if I saw something from The Last Jedi, or The Rise of Skywalker, my bad, it would be cool to see Poe, Finn, Making love. and Rey. <laughs> no. Oh Poe, Finn, and Rey stuck in the Millennium Falcon just sitting in space for a second. Because it's like, let's mm. like, let's get these characters and let's give them some time to breathe. Let's set up some motivation. Totally. Let's, let's put them in a, in a situation that there's an objective, you know, like there needs to be. You a, want here. Yeah. Simple. You, you want a moment where Luke Skywalker walks outside of his house, looks at the two setting suns as John Williams music plays in, in the background. Like you want that. I just need, I think you want that deep. Like, like just emotion, soft moment. Let's get that totally. I think these, I totally. I agree. think these characters need a moment to breathe. When and have we had that? When have we had that in the past? Except for Princess the, Leia's the, body floating through space. <laughs> the Force Awakens has a great opening. Um, I think the slow, quiet, um, somberness of her being stuck on that sand planet is great. Yeah, and I, I think. Agree. The Last Jedi didn't have one of those moments. Um, there were some conversations that were yeah. very quick with Luke Skywalker. I, I like there's a little bit of like a good rainy day vibe on that Scotland planet, but <laughs> it's not enough. Like the whole time, everyone's chatting their heads up. Well, we got to do this. We got to do this. Well, mm. What are we gonna do? You know, like well, totally. I gotta spew exposition for hours about why we can't jump to hyperspace and the Empire can't speed up their ship a little bit because we're in yeah. this weird linear chase through space. Like, there needs to be some time to just, like, just set it up, you know? Totally. I totally, totally agree with you. Kill actually. off a majority of the cast. Okay, I don't know about that. bb 8 has gotta go. I don't oh even... I, I mean, like, I'm sorry. I love Chewie, but he doesn't need to be there. He's gotta kill the cast. <gasps> I, I, I'm gonna be honest like if you're gonna write a good a year after what about after C Mayhew died oh my gosh what about C-3PO he's got in the commercial apparently he's supposed to die whatever, whatever. I, don't, I don't care about that in any case the, I totally totally resonate with you with what you're saying like you think about think about okay um A New Hope right mm -hmm. it's got this like really sort of in the first act there's one there's that big scene where he walks out of his house, he watches the setting sun, and he makes the decision to to go with Obi Wan. You know what I mean? Like he makes the decision to get out of here. That that's that's not when he does it, but um, like that that's that's the scene, right? And then in Empire, he spends like a majority of that movie on Dagobah, on Dagobah, where he's like stuck. He he's not doing anything. You know, yeah, I yeah. mean, he's doing something, but like, but like, it's a, it's, it's like deep and contemplative, and and there's that moment where Yoda sighs, and and he and his ears go down, and then he pull, and then he pulls the the X-wing out of the water, you know, and it's like so impactful. It's just like, it's one of the. I mean, there's like so much action in that movie, but it it slows everything down and says. This is what you need to be focused. Yeah, on. I think you know what I mean. You know these new Disney films—they don't—they're not bad at, at directing action. 
No. As a matter of fact, they're, they're pretty good yeah. in, in that regard. Like the Star Wars battles, I've never seen X-Wings fight in space as cool as these Disney movies. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Like the space fight above um, whatever the Rogue One finale planet is. By the way, I, I, tr- I started watching Rogue One last night and I forgot that final like assault of that it's planet. It's so good. It's 50 minutes. Yeah, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Like it, as far as action goes, it's really... It's yeah, really it, well done. It's good action. I wouldn't say it's like amazing. It's an amazing 50 minutes, but it But it, it's the best part of that it's movie. It's the best part. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Yeah, it's definitely the best part of the movie. And so it's like, well, for me, I'm just reiterating the same thing I'm saying, but like you're already good with action. Yeah. You know, you got it on lockdown. The effects are amazing, you know? It just make a story. Yeah, give some space. Like, imagine imagine how much more impactful um, Poe's, you know, uh, character arc would have been in, in The Last Jedi if he if there was a moment where he, you know, maybe was looking, he you know, he was locked away or, you know, he was, like, forced to stay on his ship and he looked out at, at the battlefield and he saw a bunch of his, you know, his 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 friends you know all being blown up or you know he saw the mistake that he made and he was able to like to like look at that and john williams you know theme played behind him and it was like and it's like oh this is the moment where my character changes you know what i mean like that i think that would have been that's the tone you need in these movies this is this is my right for uh the rise of skywalker if I was writing this film, it would be a simple point A to point B sort of story where it's like the characters have to get here to do this thing that fixed the universe. I'd start the film with the majority of the cast coming together and saying, our universe is messed up and something's really not right about the way that this is put together. Almost speaking to the fan, right? And I know <laughs> I know that's on the head, right? But I'm just going off what I see on the trailers, right? I'm assuming what they're going to try to do is bring back... Skywalker or bring back something force related, right? You know, whether it's forging Luke Skywalker's lightsaber again, whether it's, I mean, there's got to be something to stop this cycle of yin and yang, good and evil, constant chaos in the galaxy, right? And so what I would do is do almost like a suicide mission where it's like the whole cast says, hey, we got to get here. We got to get here before the first order. We're going to do everything we can to get there. And I'd love to see the whole movie go where it's like each character has to have a moment where they're like, I got to do this or we're not going to get further and I'm going to die doing it. You know, like almost like, almost like Rogue One in the sense, but really give them space to achieve that. And I think it'd be great towards the end to see like just Ray and Finn left, you know, Poe freaking threw his X-Wing into a Star Destroyer and killed himself or something like that. And like all these characters are dead, but they're all trying to get there to do something. I don't know what it is, right? And have that be like, like have it be that Lord of the Rings journey at the end, right? To wrap it all up. Because you got to get the fans rooting for the end, Mm -hmm. right? It's the end of it. So that's just the way, that's the approach I would take with the movie. I don't know if that's like what they're going to do at all. I'm kind of assuming they're not going to go for that. Because they got to sell toys. They can't just be killing every character. <laughs> but you kind of see what I'm getting at, right? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think... What you're talking about is the the journey and 
and the end of the journey. I rem- I, I I want I always think of um um the last Lord of the Rings as far as like we are going to do everything we can, you know, and everybody's going to come together at the end. Right, and it doesn't right. matter what sacrifice we make in the end. Um like this is what has to happen or you know, the worst is to come. Um but I don't know. I think I think in this series I'm a little bit conflicted in how um like like what's the resolution going to be? You know what I mean? Like in in Return of the Jedi um the resolution was essentially we we ended the empire, you know, and then we dance on Endor and great. Woo, you know. Yub yub. Um I guess just well, the sad part is, and I guarantee this, the Rise of Skywalker solution will be the New Republic is at peace, which is yeah. boring, yeah. and Rey will start a new Jedi Order, yeah. which is even boring. more boring. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't see it ending any other way. Return to normalcy. Yeah. What about you, Tim? What do you think about a rewrite or, or writing this film yourself? Where, where are you going to go with that? I have no idea. I've only seen one of the trailers, and it wasn't convincing that's going to be a good ending. I don't know. Yeah. You don't have any thoughts of how you'd end out the trilogy at all? You're just completely wasted right now? or <laughs> That. And then I'm not invested, so I really don't give a crap uh, <laughs> of what's happening. That's. I mean, that's a, that's a solid argument. I bet you this Star Wars film is going to do pretty, Not. I mean, not great. I bet you it'll be the weakest of... Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. like box office. Box office? Yeah. No, I think it's gonna be more since it's mm. the ending. Mm. I don't know. I I don't think I'm, so. It's not I'm gonna flop. It's not gonna flop like Solo. I'm interested sure. in seeing how that goes. Definitely. But am I gonna watch it? Hell yeah, I won't watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch sure. it too. Are you gonna ca- keep trying to drink out of those ice cubes? That it's you water. Keep... I'm thirsty. I know you keep taking a sip out of those ice cubes, Tim. <laughs> Jeez. I think on that note, we definitely got to end it. Let's get out of here. I think it's funny because we had Tim on the show, but he hardly said a thing. <laughs> that sorry, figure. Tim. No, That's I'm not okay. sorry. I'm not sorry. Oh. For one second, I got to drive your lousy butt all the way oh back to God. San Jose. Yeah, you could. You going to take another drink for the road? I can make you a road martini. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> can you make that virgin for me? Nope. Just for my own sanity. That's not how a martini goes. Whatever. Let's give it a little shot. Some people just like to eat the olives. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. That's all I'm just saying. All right. And with that, I don't know. That's it. Lies, deception. Lies, deception. Bogala. Please That's don't hurt it. me, guys. Everything Comes From Something is currently 100% fan-funded by listeners like you. And we wanted to shout out our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show at the highest level. If you want to support Everything Comes From Something, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where you can give a couple bucks our way and get access to our exclusive monthly podcast that is released at the end of the month on the platform through an RSS feed. If you don't have a few dollars again tell a friend tell some family about the podcast that is how a show like this grows and you can give us a rating on itunes we appreciate you guys so much and we will see you next week